Hello, welcome back. Hey guys, welcome to Murder Happy Hour. I'm Morgan. And I'm Amber. You guys are going to have to kind of bear with us a little bit this week. We are uh, practicing safe social distancing and we're recording remotely. So this is our first episode not recording together. Yeah. So if it sounds weird, don't add us. We know. Yeah. Please don't. But we weren't going to just, like, not give you an episode because you should be social distancing, too. And what better thing to do? something to do. Yeah, but listen. So, yeah, we're, like, video chatting each other right now. And it's kind of weird, but it so far is working. So it's not quite as exciting. The the pets were disappointed that Morgan wasn't coming over today. Yeah. they'll, They'll get over it. So, um, today's case is another listener suggestion. Um, he has been wanting me to do this for a long time, and I'm like, fine, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> we're so really we doing are it, Harry. Really doing it. His um, name's not Harry. It isn't Harry. I don't know if I can't remember if he wanted me to use his name, so we'll let him remain anonymous, but you know who you are. You know who you are, sir. <laughs> So, today's case that we're talking about um, is the murder of Jacob Wetterling. Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. There's, like, so much more into this one than I even thought. And that's why I was a little hesitant to do it, just because I'm like, ooh, like, this one I want to really dive deep into. Um, And I did. And, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Crazy. It's bananas. It is bananas. Um, so. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Sorry. I've been alone with my children for quite <laughs> some time. <laughs> I'm not making light of the situation, but I told my husband the other day, I'm like, isolation in a hospital sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> He's like, you can't say things like that. And I'm like, wouldn't be me if I didn't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you gotta, if, if we don't laugh a little bit during quarantine, I know. might have a meltdown. And so. Yes. So, I mean, better. super thankful. Super thankful right now that we're able to be working from home and stuff. But working full time and staying home with your kids full time <laughs> ain't for the faint of heart. Let's just put it that way. Sounds fun. Bedtime bedtime is the best time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get through it. It'll be fine. Okay, so Jacob Wetterling from St. Joseph, Minnesota, was about 11 years old. Uh, He lived, like I said, in St. Joseph, Minnesota. Um, Was abducted October 22nd, 1989. So... Right before, right around the time that we were born. Yeah. So, um, Jacob and his younger brother, Trevor, and then his friend, Aaron, um, were hanging out. Uh, Jacob and Trevor's parents, Patty and Jerry, had gone to a party, um, left the boys with, like, a neighbor babysitter. um, (laughs) And so... They wanted to go rent a movie and rent some snacks at a local Tom Thumb, which is like a convenience store. I don't know. I think they yeah. must have gone out of business before I was around. But um, anyway, yeah, so never heard of Tom Thumb. Yeah, but so they um, 
hopped on their bikes. Um, they went to this convenience store. So the boys were on their way back from the Tom Thumb and a person who we now know to be um, Danny Heinrich. So spoiler alert, but it's kind Spoiled. of things. Yeah, like it just makes the story go by a little smoother. Um, so yeah. he he had seen them on their way. And he turned around and waited in a driveway um, for them to come back. And so he stopped them. Um, he took or told the boys to, you know, get off their bikes or whatever. Um, had them all lay down in a ditch. And he asked them their ages. Oh. And then um, he told Trevor and Aaron to run away and not look back which they did, and um, he took Jacob, and he handcuffed him. Um, he put him in his vehicle with him, and he saw Danny, when he later was confessing to this, said that the first thing that Jacob asked him was, what did I do wrong? Like, not a thing. How horrible. Like, you're 11 years old, and, like, you're the one that this freaking creepo picks out and takes. Yeah. And this is, this case is so frustrating because so they were, had the babysitter or whatever. They called mom and dad to be like, Hey, can we go to the movie or can we go rent a movie and go get snacks or whatever? And his parents were like, no, it's dark out. And then they're like, Oh, well I'll wear a headlamp. I'll wear a vest. Like it'll be fine. And then something like this happens. Like, that's everybody's worst freaking nightmare as a parent to be like, oh, yeah, bye. Right. Made I that mean, decision. and Well, and that's a thing. And it's kind of like, it's 1989. Like, no, it's not like the crazy 70s where kids were doing whatever they wanted. But, like, you know, stuff like this didn't happen in small town Minnesota. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, whatever. Get on your bikes, go around your movie, and come home. Like, no biggie. And it was a biggie. Yeah. Danny brought um, Jacob to a gravel pit nearby, um, had him undressed and molested him, and then, oh. and then the this one this is just like so awful. So a cop car was driving by, and I don't know if like the sirens must have been on or something, and so Danny panicked and loaded his gun he had a gun and it wasn't even loaded he loaded it and then he shot jacob because he Mm -hmm. was scared that he was going to get caught and this was like far from the perfect crime i mean for one he was not planning on this kid he left yeah another (laughs) another spoiler alert he had previously kidnapped and molested little kids Oh, God, yeah. Like more, but it let them go. The yes. So we want to assume that this is what he was planning on doing to Jacob as well. You know, not, I mean, kidnapping yeah. and molesting is bad enough. But, um, yeah, so he shot him, killed him, left, came back a few hours later, hours later, to bury the body. I think he actually walked back because he had his vehicle, drove it home, walked back, buried the body. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to a year later, he happened to see some of Jacob's clothing sticking out. Yep, the red coat. And came back and moved the body. Like, what? So, anyway, so that's kind of like the 
fast track of what happened here, oh. but get into the, so the other the other two the other two boys like raced home and told the babysitter the babysitter called her dad and the dad was there like within what what I don't even remember exactly how long it had been it was like minutes. but it had been yeah like within minutes the dad was this babysitter's dad was there searching and they think that they like likely missed him because um Danny was driving around with Jacob in the back seat listening to the police scanner. Yes. So that's how he like evaded. Which is just, yeah, which is crazy because these poor boys, I'm sure they felt so guilty, mm-hmm. but they did everything right. I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, you are going to run away. You're going to run home. You're going to tell the proper people. Yep. Like, the parents were called, 911 was called, you know, the cops came right away, but it just like, it just seems like everything's just slipped right through their fingers from the get-go on this one, yep. which is just crazy. Which, that's the worst thing. Like, when he um, put the boys on the ground, the gun was unloaded. Like, yeah. when he put them on the ground. So, it was basically just, like, a farce to get these boys to be scared enough to right. give in. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, the search began right away. Um the FBI joined the search um, just two days after it started. And then this thing kind of, like, blew up. Like, it became this whole huge national yeah. um, thing. It was um, a very, very um, big case that we'll get. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But why this case is, like, so well-known. Yeah, it was just, like, hugely publicized. Like, there was... Um, a huge mailing campaign went out. Um, all the sports teams, like the Minnesota Twins, Vikings, Timberwolves, like they all showed their support and I think donated funds to it. Um, and that's where this case gets a little frustrating too because it almost seems like instead of focusing on, you know, those first few hours and like making sure yep. that things got searched and done properly, it was like it just blew up and they were just like chasing all these crazy tips and leads that – yeah led nowhere right they basically uh, anything that they heard was they were searching it out so um so yeah a little more on um danny heinrich so he right away they were looking at him um mm-hmm. and it's just kind of crazy like how many times that they interviewed him or um, that he was a person of interest and that he just was like let go eventually and got away. Um, yeah. So basically they were like, we can't prove it. So yeah, and there was just so many things. So um, this this other kid named Jared Sherrill, I think I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last yeah. name. We'll call him Jared S. Um, he came forward because he was so back in January of 1989, which is the same year that Jacob yeah. was taken About um, 10 months before. Yep. So he was walking home and he was kidnapped and forced into a vehicle, was assaulted and then was let go. And he was just like, this just seems, you know, like, which They're I'm not very sure. similar. Yeah. Well, exactly. he made him like lay down and the same. Yep. And it just all like seemed really similar. 
Um, and actually, so just two days after Jacob went missing too, um, so along with Jared's case, so that was in Cold Springs, uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Then they also found information that there was all these boys who were being taken and molested in Painesville, Minnesota, which is about 30 miles from St. Joseph where Jacob went missing. Um, and these yeah. were happening between like 1986 and 1988. He was, this person was grabbing boys off of bikes. He was threatening them with a weapon. And so they got these tips right away, like two days after, um, after, Jacob went missing, but they didn't yeah. even investigate it until three months later. And Far so, too late. Yeah, yeah, and so all of this, um, all this stuff that happened in the meantime with Danny Heinrich, that was totally missed. Like, all, like all these kidnap, basically kidnappings and molestations were completely missed, and nobody knew anything about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy was, this was not his first rodeo. Oh, gosh, absolutely not. This guy was, like, so nasty. I can't even. Even his picture, he just looks... Ugh. Oh, it's, I know. It's just gross. And, like, and so later on, um, so Jared had come forward about being kidnapped and assaulted. And later, when Danny had admitted to this, um, he said that he was driving around looking for a child. Like, quote, like, direct quote, driving around looking for a child. Just gross. Yeah, it's sicko. Sick, sick, sick. But this case, guys, went unsolved with, like, no info for, like, years. Like, what was it? Close to 27 years, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because, so, back to Danny, before they knew it was Danny. Yeah. Um, Some of the things, so, aside from these Painesville... Um, assault cases that weren't even investigated right away. Um, mm-hmm. There was sketches released, and yes. there's actually three separate sketches. And I found this super weird. So, like, the first sketch um, was from Jared's case, and it resembled Danny Heinrich. Yep. Then there was another sketch where it was like somebody saw a guy at the Tom Thumb the day okay. of the kidnapping. And then there was mm-hmm. another, a third separate sketch of somebody talking about the kidnapping. Well, then somewhere along the way, instead of these three sketches being treated as like three possible different suspects, they were all like merged into one sketch. Oh, okay. Which resembled no one because that's like a weird, like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, no. It looks like no one because it is no one. <laughs> it is no one. Exactly. Like, these are three separate people if they even exist. And, yeah. So, um, so the sketches kind of, like, led in a different direction. Um, there was a, there was also a lineup that was done. And so you mm. think, okay, like, you have all these boys who are molested. You have yeah. um, Trevor and Aaron who saw the guy, heard the guy, but were any of these boys in, like, in their identifying the lineup? No. Yeah, they'd been They sure weren't. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, so there was, um, like, two boys that, that identified this person in the lineup, and they, Danny was in the lineup, but they didn't identify (laughs) Danny, and all it was was just these boys who reported seeing somebody suspicious, 
near the Wetterling's house. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that could be anything. Yeah. Um, could be him. It could not be him. Well, exactly. And so then they were like, oh, nope, it's not him. Um, he failed a polygraph test when they questioned him. Of course he they, did. They put him under surveillance. He kept evading the surveillance, I assume, because of the police scanners. And then they were just like, eh, okay, well, he hasn't done anything. So they quit tailing him. <laughs> and like, okay, so he was one of the first very early suspects. Mm-hmm. His name was not mentioned in the cold case file for over 20 years. Like, was never even, like, typed out once in 20 years. And that's so crazy. And, like, look at all these years. Things. Look at all these things that, like, they had talked to him about. He was like right the, there. The flag is flying. Like, the red flag. Red exactly. flag. But basically, this case went unsolved for 27 years. I mean, they still were kind of working the case. It wasn't really anything... Um, Big that came up. I mean, they would have a tip here, a tip there, but there was literally nothing, not until June 2010. So then investigators were finally able to get a search search warrant based on some tips um, that led them to this farmstead that was near where Jacob was abducted. And this is where they gathered, quote, items of interest, hauled away six truckloads of dirt, to be searched for evidence, but found pretty much nothing. Like, basically, it was, oh, just kidding. Shoot. <laughs> so, once again, they have nothing. So, also, they kind of, they had this theory um, from the beginning, like, that it was a person in a vehicle because they had these footprints and they had tire tracks. Yep. And, oh, which, by the way, happened to match Danny Heinrich's vehicle. But anyway... <laughs> Shocker. But they kind of went on this theory for, like, all these years that it was, um, you know, the the person in this vehicle was the one who committed the crime. Well, then all of a sudden, um, somebody came forward and was like, oh, yeah, so, like, I was driving around and, like, saw this hubbub and, like, wanted to know what was going on and like, pulled into a driveway and turned around. And so then the cops were like, oh, okay, so it was just you driving around. So they completely threw out the car theory. Like, just a story changed the car theory. And then it ended up being, um, they ended up pursuing this gentleman named Dan Rassier. He became a person of interest, and he lived on a farm near the Wetterlings. Um, Okay. He saw this car that turned around in his driveway. Yeah. And so the cops like right away didn't think he was a suspect. They were like, Oh yep, He's a witness, whatever. But mm-hmm. later Dan said like, they never searched. Like they never came in, like asked me stuff. They never searched. And then all of a sudden this other guy came forward years and years later and mm-hmm. Dan becomes this suspect. And he's like, well, I can't prove it now because it's so many years later and so basically like this one story just like changed the whole case and like basically ruined this guy's life because he did not do it and he all of a sudden is a suspect in this huge case and he can't prove that he had nothing to do with it yeah this poor guy so yeah so I just think it's so crazy how how like so many leads were followed. There was actually 50,000 leads and tips that were followed through this whole time. But yet 
people who lived right there, who lived super close to the waterlings or who maybe like saw something that night weren't even weren't even talked to or or questioned or, you know, anything right. like that. So it just was kind of wild. Yes. So that brings us to May of 2014. Investigators um, said that they were taking another look, not necessarily at Jacob's case, but they were looking at the series of molestations in the Painesville area before Jacob disappeared. So they um, went through months and months of research. They interviewed victims. They figured out that the attacks kind of weren't random and that it was likely the same person that molested these boys also abducted Jacob. So, which leads us back around to Danny Heinrich. October of 2015, he was publicly named a suspect in the abduction. They had no proof. They had no way to show it, but they knew that he probably had something to do with it somewhere. Um, he had been, like we said, questioned very early in the case. They had taken a DNA sample, but this is interesting. It They never ran it against Jacob's case or anything, but in 2015... Danny's DNA was matched to the DNA taken from the Jared S. case. The statute of limitations was already up on that, though, so they couldn't get him. And, like, this, I just, like, literally cannot believe that there's a statute of limitations on kidnapping, you guys. Yeah. Literally kidnapping. Like, how is that possible? Yes. So frustrating. But, I mean, but at least they were it... able to get him. They were able to get him, um... They were able to get a search warrant based on that DNA sample. They went to his home, found child porn, and he was arrested October 28th of 2015. So they Nin found a way 19, around it. To get him. 19 three ring binders of child porn. 19. Yeah, that's a little excessive. Yeah, 19. That's a bit much. I didn't see that yep. number. I'm glad I didn't. Now I have that visual. Oh, do you want like more? <laughs> do you want, yeah, do Not you want really, more? No. <laughs> I think, like, it's not, like, I mean, it's like you walk into this house and it's like a room of doom. Like, 19 three-ring binders of child pornography. Handcuffs, duct tape, camouflage clothing. Four bins of boys' clothing. Like, you, yeah. you know, like the average, like, 10-year-old, whatever, boys' clothing videos of boys playing like just you know playing sports or walking down the street or whatever yeah. but d creepy videos of boys yeah and this guy uh, was just walking the streets living it up years mm -hmm. so the cops made a plea bargain with danny and september 1st 2016 he led investigators to the burial site of Jacob Wetterling. They knew it was Jacob pretty much right away when they dug up the body because of the clothing that he was wearing and this infamous red jacket that if you've ever watched a documentary about this case or anything, they talk the red jacket is the red clothing is like the big, mm -hmm. the big thing. So he was found near Painesville. And not far from where Danny Heinrich lived in 1989. Hmm. Like I said, far from the perfect crime. It's yep. just crazy. 
they were confirmed the same week that the bones were that of Jacob's and um so the, the ridiculous thing about this is is that I know that they did this to get Jacob's body I'm sure but because of the plea agreement that they signed with him he didn't even have to plead guilty to murdering Jacob all he had to do was plead guilty to one count of the 25 federal child porn charges brought against him. So yes. he got 20 years. Yes. This guy got 20 years for one case of child pornography. For literally kidnapping all these kids and murdering one of them. But I... Supposedly they did it for a reason. Because then they'll likely... Um, they didn't... Like I said, they didn't charge him with Jacob's murder. But they'll likely be able to get him, like, civilly committed after his sentence is up. So he will very likely never be free again. But Right. Yep. He'll be what classified somehow as a yep, he'll dangerous be, sex offender or something he, like that where he, he yeah. can't be free. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if there's a definition of a dangerous sex offender, it's definitely Yeah. Yep. So actually in his sentencing, the judge said, this is a direct quote, we won't pretend that this crime and sentence is about child pornography. It is also about changing the lives of so many children and parents who prayed for Jacob's return and also feared you coming out of the dark. Every child knows the story of Jacob Waterling. You stole the innocence of children in small towns in the cities of Minnesota and beyond. So the judge was basically like, you can say that this isn't about Jacob, but it is. But it is. And the judge... Exactly. So this, they said that he could be released within 17 years from the start of his sentence. But the judge told him it was unlikely because, quote, this crime is so heinous, so brutal and awful that it is unlikely society will ever let you go free. Preach, brother. Exactly. So in January of 2007, or sorry, January of 2017, he was transferred to a federal prison in Massachusetts to serve out his... 17 plus years and I don't even know how old he is I'm not sure I want to say he was like late 50s early 60s now he would be so even if he does get out from the 20 years he'll go to wherever crazy person nursing home yeah Uh, I don't want to know let's just hope he stays in jail and they find a way to keep him there yeah So, in 1994, this is the thing that Jacob Waterling's case is, like, really famous for. Um, It was the Jacob Waterling Act was passed and obviously named for Jacob. Um, It was the first law put in place to get a sex offender registry put together. So, um, it has been amended a couple times. Uh, Megan's Law in the 90s and then the Adam Walsh Project, Mm -hmm. which... We definitely are going to have to cover Adam Walsh sometime. That one is crazy town, but that's that's the point. Mm -hmm. So that's what's so important and why Jacob's case is so well known is basically this case is what brought about sex offender registries, which not a perfect science by any means, but. No, but at least is it's something. I mean, I definitely think it's necessary. It's unfortunate that Mm -hmm. it's necessary, but it is. Yes, for sure. Yeah, this 
this case was just so crazy because so it's not like local local but you know minnesota is near us and i've talked to just so many people who were like the same age or close to the same age as jacob when he went missing and like even people from our state and from other states all over like it totally changed their lives like it changed the way that parents parented their kids and like you know they're and I'm I'm not saying this to to blame the Wetterlings because that's not what I'm doing at all but like parents weren't going to go just let their kids ride their bikes to a store yeah not anymore after this yeah like it I don't know if it just like made people more aware that hey even in like a small town in a mm. nice, safe Midwest state, like, there's creepos yep. out there. Bad things happen. Mm-hmm. In any small little town, I mean, our town isn't exempt from it. We'll just, I mean, there's, you never know who could be passing through, who, I mean, it could easily be one of your kids, one of your, I mean, that's that's the scariest part about it is you never know exactly. who. Who the creeper is. Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced everybody's a creeper these days. My usual assumption is just, like, you're a creeper until you're proved otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Like, at my job, I sit right in, um, like, the very front area, and I can see every person that walks in the door. And I'm that person that, like, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but they have, like, not a ruler, but, like, guidelines on doors for height and I'm that person that every single customer that I don't know that walks in the door I'm like how tall are they what color shirt are they wearing what color is their hair like I'm a a walking robbery kit (laughs) I know but it's like if you do if you see like even just you know out on a walk or driving Mm -hmm. to work or driving somewhere if I see something that even like peaks my like I had to get, like, one little goosebump about it. I'm like, all right, what's the description of this vehicle? What is the license plate number? What is the distinguishing, like, what does this person look like? Or I'm, like, texting somebody being like, hey, just by the way, if I, you know, happen to go missing, um, this is what I just saw. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that guy, the one day that was, like, trying to talk to me when I stopped at the shake shop to get a shake. Yeah, and was trying to like talk to me outside of my vehicle, and he was like and lurking then, around on Main Street. <laughs> and I got to work, and all of a sudden he was outside of work. Yes, like looking in the windows, wasn't he? Or like lurking around, my, waiting for it to I, open. Yeah, it was the creepiest thing, and I totally over exaggerated. Like I was like, oh my god, this guy's got like something somewhere is wrong here. But I will just have you know. I was anxious about coronavirus before coronavirus was even a thing that people were worried about. Exactly. And everyone's like, oh, crazy Morgan, off on her tangent again. Oh, I said it. I was was like, it's fine. You'll be fine. Remember Ebola? We made it through. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, like, who would have known that we're in a worldwide pandemic? Like, what even is happening? It is so, so unbelievable. Not that I've been preparing for this, and I wish it didn't. I wish I wasn't right, but I'm like, I said that to our boss the other day. I was like, just so you know, I was worried about this before it was a thing, and everyone thought I was crazy. And here I am. (laughs) You aren't the crazy one. 
Sometimes I think it's better to just err on the side of crazy, though, because you know what? Like, if you err on the side of not crazy, that's when you, like, let your guard down or when you get kidnapped or when something happens because you're like, "Uh, I don't know, like, yeah, I'm just overreacting. Like, sometimes you're not overreacting. Listen to your gut. I mean, not that there's anything you could have done about coronavirus, but. No, but I've been washing my freaking hands. Like, even when, so, last week's episode that just went out was coronavirus, like, when we recorded that episode, like, yeah, it was a thing, but it wasn't, like, so in two weeks' time, it has, like, exploded. Oh, I know. Like, I have to laugh. So if you, well, not laugh, I don't even know what I want to do. Laugh, sure. At our episode, it sounds pretty silly, because we're like, well, we hope we're on the downhill swing of things. Like, that's how little... We knew about how much this was going to blow up because we recorded the episodes, like, basically at the same time. So, yeah. and then all of a sudden it came out, and I'm like, well, that's not the case. So Yeah, but we thought we didn't know. I mean, it was very likely that it, I mean, God, we were talking even last week that, like, hopefully in a couple weeks it would be calmed down. Well, maybe it will be. Who knows? Maybe yeah. in a couple uh-huh. weeks from now things will be calmed down. But we can't live like this forever. I know that. No, and we won't. We'll come out on the other side at some point, we hope. Some point, somewhere, sometime. And if not, we just aren't going to think about that. So we're just going to keep yeah. thinking about murders instead. and Keep, keep on and watching the Tiger King. Yes. Oh, and I also, per Morgan's recommendation, binge-watched the entire season of The Stranger. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highly recommend. It was super good. It was worth really it. Good. I'm watching the Tiger King right now, which it's one of those things. It's kind of like making a murderer. Like Netflix is great for these shows that you're like, have that like baffled look on your face the yeah. whole time. And you but you like can't look away, but you don't really want to watch it. But you're like, well, like we were saying like, yes. oh, the Tiger King. Are you into tigers? Are you into um, very like me. eccentric? <laughs> You into very eccentric gay men? How about meth? How about polygamy? How about, how about, how about cults? cults? <laughs> how about murder for hire? Like, there's something for everybody. Oh, I know. That's it. Like, I'm watching it too, and I was just like, "This isn't like, is it good? Am I interested in this?" And then the next episode started, and I was like, "Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna keep watching." <laughs> yeah. I need Where's Don Carroll? Making a murderer, this may not be a popular opinion, but I watched, like, two episodes, and I'm like, I'm just getting dumber. I have to shut it off. Like, I I, can't. I also couldn't watch that one, and I don't know. It was, like, hard for me to follow. It was, yeah, it made me just feel like, what am I watching? And I didn't. That's one that I've been recommended a lot of times to watch, and I'm like, no, I definitely tried, and I passed. I don't even know. I'm not even sure where we were at. But anyway, guys, um, thanks for listening. We hope this didn't sound too terrible for you. Our technology services are not top-notch, but we're trying our best. So bear with us. Yes, hopefully we're back in studio soon. We really hope so, because we miss each other. Yeah. But, But until then, guys, stay safe. Lock your freaking doors. And, and wash your, wash your hands. hands. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay, bye. Bye.